episode 14 of By All Means. I'm your host, Mark Means, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. With this reminder, 4th of July weekend tee times are going fast. Book yours online now at millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or call them at 330-740-7112. Find the show streaming live on Facebook. Just look for Western Reserve Radio. You can download the Live 365 or TuneIn apps or just go to westernreserveradio.com. If you want to get on board and join the show today, and we'll let you know those numbers will be important to you later. So I would write them down now, 330-707-4202. The direct line to the studio, 330-707-4202. The numbers to get on board on the show today. Coming up, Ryan Alessio will join me. And we've got a lot to get to today, including some breaking news that we will begin the show with here right now as a press release has just come out from the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. And I read, quoting, Major League Baseball has informed Minor League Baseball that they will not be providing its affiliated Minor League teams with players for the 2020 season. As a result, there will not be a Minor League Baseball season for 2020, including the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. The Scrappers will announce our exchange policy within the next week, and it will be posted on their website and social media platforms. Stay tuned for more information about the process. There will be no in-person exchanges. A Scrappers representative will be in contact with all sponsors and ticket package holders with available options. So just breaking in the last five minutes, Major League Baseball informing Minor League Baseball they will not be providing its affiliates with players for this year. So as a result, there will be no Minor League Baseball season in 2020. So that was widely anticipated. It was widely reported by many different outlets earlier today that that would happen, and it has now officially happened. So no minor league baseball across the country in 2020, including our very own Mahoning Valley Scrappers. On the table for today's show here on Western Reserve Radio, we will talk about the future of pro sports and will those actually happen even though they are doing their best to try and plan and take everything as best as they possibly can and as safe as they possibly can. With the outbreaks going on around the country in places like Arizona, Texas, and Florida, do we think seasons will even happen? You're listening to Western Reserve Radio at westernreserveradio.com on the Live 365 Network and the Live 365 app. By all means, continues right here on Western Reserve Radio, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Fourth of July weekend tee times are going fast. Book yours online now by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or call them at 330-740-7112. And Ryan, it looks like it should be a beautiful but warm weekend for some Fourth of July golf. Oh boy, I'll say. <laughs> it looks like... Uh... You better be ready for some heat, but I was just at Mill Creek a couple of weeks ago golfing, and it, it was a great time, so just bring some extra water with you. You'll be fine. So, Ryan, coming up on Wednesday, players are reporting for spring training 2.0, uh, summer baseball training, however you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. Training camp will officially begin, I believe, on Friday. 
Baseball is here, but I say that with apprehension as we're learning of more players testing positive. I believe the list of players opting out of playing is now up to three with Ian Desmond announcing he's chosen not to play this year. There's a lot of things going on that makes me wonder, are we going to have baseball at all, even though they're doing their absolute best to take all the precautions they need? Yeah, I I thought the idea of the test was to make sure that no players had the virus and reported to camp. So when I see players in any league, and we've seen NBA players, DeAndre Jordan just tested positive, we see, I don't know if there's been any NHL players, because God forbid we got any NHL news outside of what we're going to talk about. But 25, actually. Okay, there you go. Well, that's going to happen. These guys have been dispersed from their teams and facilities for three months now. It's impossible to have everybody, you know, live in a bubble, if you will, before the season resumes. I think it's a good thing that they find these cases now, especially in Major League Baseball, because everybody's starting to report here. And I believe as of right now, no Indians players have tested positive for it. So unless that changed uh, I, today. But is that correct, I don't believe Bill? it's any that they've announced, but there has been some positive cases throughout the organization. Okay. Well, that's going to happen. Um, that's the idea of the mass testing, especially with all these leagues, is so you can filter through the guys and know the guys that are going to be able to report on time or maybe guys that are going to have to wait some extra time while they're quarantined. To me, seeing cases pop up in pro athletes is, is what the ideal was. And I think what's happened is we became so, you know, and, and rightfully so, because we, when you have a new virus out there and you don't know anything, you're always going to get the worst expectations first. You know, our mindset should try to shift a little bit with this virus. And... If you're reading, and I, I believe it or not, there's ways to learn about a virus and how things work and what it's doing without your favorite political party or news station telling you. And to me, I don't look at them finding these cases with these players as such a bad thing. The worst thing would be to have guys showing up to work with no testing or at very least just doing a temperature check, which asked WWE how well that idea worked, you know. Mm-hmm. That, to me, would be way more dangerous than what they're doing. Now, I have no problem seeing guys pee hot, if you will, for the COVID virus before they report. Because to me, and maybe I misunderstood it, I thought the whole idea was with the increased testing was to find these cases so they did not infect other people or players within the organization. Or was I wrong? You know. No, I I think that's it. That way they can kind of weed out, quarantine these people, get them healthy, which is the most important issue in in all of this, and not get them exposed to their other teammates before they report. And, I mean, you think about it, there's a lot of baseball players, uh, the ones that live in the United States, that will be coming from Florida, Texas, Arizona, that are hotbed states. So, yeah, let's test these players now. And the numbers may be alarming to people that players are testing positive, but players and people in sports are just part of the population, and the population is testing positive, and it has bumped up lately uh, with some of the numbers, especially in specific states. So, yeah, I I think it's for everyone involved. Test them, find it out now, get them quarantined, even if they're not showing any symptoms, if they're asymptomatic, 
make sure that they are healthy, make sure they pass all the rules. I believe it's two, two negative tests in a 24-hour period for baseball players to be reactivated. There's actually even going to be a COVID-19 disabled list or injury list, if you will, for the season. Baseball is doing everything it can to try to get the season played in one form or another. Yeah, and I think they will. I don't have any doubt that they're going to play the season. And I just, you know, people are going to have to understand something here. I don't know what their expectations are that they're going to play these, you know, whether you're talking NBA down in Orlando, MLB playing in their home parks, which I actually, and I'm not a doctor or anything, but just in my head, I like the MLB's idea better than NBA. But, I mean, the NBA's like, hey, Florida's the worst state right now. Let's all go there. Okay. Right. Or you could play at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse where Cleveland's getting 30 cases a day in a city with 383,000 people. Or other, you know. So I, I, don't, I don't understand that plan, but I, we're, we're going to have to understand and go into this knowing that any sporting league that's playing right now, not only are you going to have positive cases before they show up, you're going to have positive cases during the season. Some players, it, it's just an unavoidable occurrence, even if you're as safe as you can be, when you're doing traveling, when you're doing all these different things, when you're around different people. And, you know, those, those tests, like you said, they're doing two in 24 hours because one could come up negative. And then a day or two later, after the virus, you know, is able to, you know, get a little traction in you, you could show up for it. I think that happened to a PGA golfer last week or something. So this and is going to keep happening. More concern if you're a, if you're a Toronto Blue Jays player right now because those players don't know if they're going to be allowed into the country. You know, will they have to quarantine for two weeks before they can play? What about teams coming in from the United States to play them during the regular season? There's a lot of questions really involved around the Blue Jays right now and what their future may be. They had a small outbreak in their uh, spring training ballpark. I believe they're in Dunedin, Florida, that they had to shut down. So not only everything that's going on with trying to contain uh, the COVID-19 involved with all these players, now you've got a team that doesn't even know if they can go to their country right now to play in their home ballpark well that might be after a case where either you get special permission between the governments or however that would work you know because technically it's work related i know there's different rules for people traveling from work as for you know other than pleasure so i, I or maybe it would be smarter for them to just play in a, in a neutral ballpark somewhere i mean there's we know that minor league baseball's done for now i mean they're not playing so there's triple-A ballparks that could you could play in that probably have decent enough accommodations for a major league game. It's not like we're going to worry about crowd. So, I mean, maybe it would be smarter for them to try to just play, you know, where's uh, this Buffalo? They still have the Bisons or whatever they are up there? Yep, well, they do. They got a pretty nice park, don't they? They sure do. It's almost well, mutually what? equivalent. They built it with the hopes of having a major league team there uh, in the future that just hasn't happened yet. So it'll be interesting. Like the Indians have announced, you know, they have 55 of the 60 players that'll be on their taxi squad, if you will. And the players that aren't active will actually be training, it looks like now, up at Lake County 
in Eastlake. They won't be playing games against any other teams but inter-squad action, but the Indians are going to use the captain's facility, reportedly, to where those other players are going to train and where they're going to kind of stay in shape if the Indians need to bring them up with the roster fluctuations that is going to work all the way back down to 26 by the beginning of the part of the season in September. Coming up against another break, we are going to jump over to the NBA bubble in Orlando, and I am bringing up a lot of the negative potential, and we're getting Ryan's kind of positivity in this whole conversation about how this is going to work, and when it comes to the NBA, we know the NBA is Ryan's wheel horse. We'll talk about the bubble that begins on July 30th. We'll talk about, are the eight teams that left out, are they going to get a chance to play games too? That is being discussed. We'll also talk about just exactly how the NBA pod's going to work in Orlando. That's all coming up after we take a break. You're listening to By All Means, presented by Milk Creek Golf Course, right here on the home of By All Means, Western Reserve Radio. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio, the radio home of the Youngstown Phantoms, part of the Live 365 Network and SB Nation. Continues right here on Western Reserve Radio, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Mark Means, Ryan Alessio, with you today. And uh, Ryan, let's jump to the NBA as I know you're beginning to count down the days to potentially there being games on July 30th. And one of the things I read that, you know, you've known me a long time. I'm not NBA conspiracy guy. Okay, maybe I can be. The <laughs> Pelicans got the easiest schedule coming back. Does the NBA really want Zion in the playoffs? That's what I read into it. Oh, I would absolutely think that. I mean, the NBA, let us I always said this when we were doing the show together, or whoever the incarnation of the, uh, the Youngstown Sports Show was, the NBA is the closest league to WWE there is. Because they just, I mean, they're all about stars and matchups and, you know, storylines and things of that nature. And if you can, I don't know, somehow give the Pelicans an opportunity to put Zion Williamson again on a national showcase. And let's not forget, right before the season was shut down temporarily until, I guess, now, for the end of the July, Zion was playing like you wanted to see it. I, w- I was like, oh, oh, I have to watch this kid. Then I got so mad that we couldn't get a number one pick, but whatever. But I, I-, I would totally, 100%, I'm not saying they did it intentionally, but if you told me that it was a conspiracy to maybe put the Pelicans in, I would agree with you. I mean, let's look at it. The Pelicans ended, when we went to the shutdown, they were 28-36. and 36. They were in the 10th spot in the Western Conference, and they got the easiest schedule. And who got the most difficult schedule coming back? Oh, yeah, the defending NBA champion Raptors have the toughest schedule. Well, the good thing for the Raptors are is they're just good. So they should be able to handle that. And I believe they were in, what, second or so in the East when everything got shut down? Am I right? Second or third? Uh, I haven't looked at the standings in quite a while. I'm not going to lie. They were, I, uh, they were six and a half games behind the Bucks in second. Okay. So they were, I mean, you know, I don't think that's going to be too det- detrimental to them whatsoever. But I, I, I do find it funny, though, that the Pelican thing is funny to me. But that's all right. I mean... You're not going to have the NBA the way you're used to having the NBA without fans or anything. So you're probably going to have to rely more on, you know, star power and everything 
because you're not going to have that atmosphere that just draws in people. So, yeah, and, and let's not forget, if the Pelicans get in, they'll be the eighth seed, and who would they play? The Lakers. Yeah, that that's, that's t- screams TV ratings. Yep, sure does, buddy. <laughs> you would think we've I'm been sure in this TV radio business a little bit. They announced all these tip times that could go anywhere between, what, like 12.30 in the afternoon to 9 o'clock at night during the return. I'm sure that had you excited to watch basketball all day long. Oh, you have no idea. And as you know, you are doing it, uh, working from home and everything like that. I'm working from home. A lot of other people are still working from home. And if you're telling me that from noon until 9 o'clock, because I think they're allowed to play, what, seven games a day? Is that the max they can play maybe? Something like that. And I can just watch. You remember how much fun it was to watch Summer League because we're that, you know, uh, addicted to sports? And we're watching right. Summer League games from, what, like 10 a.m. until midnight or something like that? That's kind of what it reminds me of. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I'm wondering, like, I have a feeling that the stands won't be as empty as people think they're going to be. Now, am I saying they're going to let in a bunch of fans? Ah, I don't think that. But I would not be shocked if scouts, other players, sort of how the WWE and AEW are doing it, where they have their trainees and other staff kind of around the ring to to create some atmosphere. So, again, I'm not saying they're going to start letting in fans, but I don't think it's going to be as... You know, like it's just not going to look like a wide pickup game, if you will. They're still going to have to do some things to it, and it's the NBA. They're one of the more creative leagues. I don't think these games will be as boring um, atmosphere-wise as we think they'll be. So here's some interesting information about the return. There's three courts that will be used for this tournament, and it will be sanitized between each game, meaning there will be at least four hours between each game on a given court once warm-up time is factored in. Games could begin as early as 12.30 Eastern on weekdays, 1 p.m. Eastern on weekends. The late games will start as late as 9 o'clock Eastern. Those will mostly involve West Coast teams, and every team will have one back-to-back on their schedule for the portion that is going to be the seeding games that are basically the remaining regular season games. I mean, that's, you know, to me, that's as, um, as well as you can do it, really. You know, there, there's not going to be a perfect situation or solution to this. It's all, you know, guesswork. How can we keep players safe? Uh, to me, you know, if, you, if you're reading about this, it's not, I think, giving it some time between games is good. But I think testing is going to be the key. As long as you can keep up on your testing... And if somebody comes down with it, you can get them out of the way and isolate it as soon as possible. That's what's going to keep everything moving uh, fluidly. I mean, obviously, spacing out the games and you want to clean up the court and you want to make sure nobody's using the same stuff. But the testing will be the key to keep this going. I read that you meant, they mentioned that the three courts that are going to be used, two of the three courts are, from what I read, prepared to be able to host nationally televised games. ESPN and TNT are, of course, the two national NBA partners that carry games with some games probably mixed in on ABC there as well. And uh, I do wonder, you know, will... If it's the the Lakers, will you know Sportsnet LA be carrying games? I assume they will. I just don't think they'll have courtside announcers for any of these games. No, everything I'm seeing, like the announcers, will either be off site or 
you know, I don't think it would be too bad if you had them up, you know, how we broadcast high school football, basketball, they'll throw us in the rafters once in a while. I don't think it would be too bad to do something like that. But, you know, outside of coaches and maybe statisticians and things like that or doctors, you're not going to see, you know, the, the big media row like you're used to. Is it going to be as simple? We only got about a minute and a half. Is it as simple as saying the Bucks and Lakers are the two best teams and they're probably going to play in the finals? Or because it's a tournament unlike we've ever seen before, we could get a surprise team or two in the finals? I think it's really going to depend on what teams come back locked in and ready because they're going to need a couple of these play-in games, if you will, to gel again. And the teams that can do that the quickest, I, I definitely think the Lakers are going to come out of the West. I just don't think there's, other than the Clippers, let me say, let me rephrase that. Lakers, Clippers, that'll be the toss-up for the West. Should be the Bucks. Don't sleep on the Raptors. Who knows with the Sixers? They're sneaky. And you know what? The Lakers got J.R. Smith now, so who knows what will happen there. That's going to be an interesting group to watch. He can go get a score of a finals game in a Lakers uniform for once. <laughs> Going to take a break. When we come back, we move to the National Hockey League to talk about what their plans are, what the future holds for them, and do we know where they're going to be playing their games, or has that even been determined yet? You're listening to By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio, brought to you by our friends at Milk Creek Golf Course. Book your tee times in advance this weekend by going to milkcreekmetroparks.org slash golf, or call them at 330-740-7112. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll have more of this episode number 14 of By All Means right here on the home of By All Means. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio. Means continues right here on Western Reserve Radio. Mark Means, Ryan Alessio, brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course. Hey, Ryan, real quick, I just saw this come across my phone during the commercial break. Before we get to the hockey talk, I read an article uh, that mentioned NBA Commissioner Adam Silver is considering having the NBA games in the bubble in Orlando broadcast on a bit of a tape delay due to the fact that they might be worried about some of the language the players might be using in an empty court. (laughs) Well, I say let it fly. How about that? The PGA is letting it go right now. Oh, absolutely. I I saw a couple videos and was watching uh, a few guys off the tee box, and I can tell you from golfing myself, that was mild profanity compared to what you couldn't have me live mics golfing or else they would they would shut down the station i think it depends on your level of ability whatever sport that you're playing the level of language that you choose to use when i played hockey it was it was incredible there was no word like i think people just use the f word as like a seven word sentence and somehow you knew what they were talking about it was incredible that's knowing your teammates well. Uh, on the National Hockey League, they're about to head to Phase 3 of their potential return to play. Uh, that is uh, tentatively scheduled for a July 10th training camp. It will begin Phase 3. We won't actually know when Phase 4 begins. That's the return to play. That's going to be based on how Phase 3 goes. So we could see some hockey right around the time we'll see baseball uh, and potentially the NBA back uh, to be playing in their concluding round and then their postseason as well, if all goes well. Yeah, I'm excited. I think um, 
you know, the NHL was sort of the first league to take steps to really get going again. Now, obviously, NASCAR, golf, and soccer has been already playing, but I, I always consider sports the thing that I watch, I guess, which is, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a jerk way to look at it. But, you know, hockey, it seems like almost a month ago now, we're one of the first leagues to put out a plan of action. And... It's, I, I'm not as familiar with their plan. You would have to. I saw that you had it there. Um, I'm a little less familiar with their plan, and only because, as you know, hockey doesn't get the run on sports talk and sports TV as much as the other sports do. So, you know, it seems like they have, you know, their, their different levels that they have to kind of get through the gateways, if you will, to uh, make sure everything moves smoothly. So me being the, uh, the optimist when it comes to this, I, I'm just hoping, you know, they get to this next stage and... Like you said, around the time. Could you imagine having a weekend again where you're going to have basketball, hockey, and baseball all together like it should have been in May? Like, it's going to be nice. I wonder if any of the sports will try to schedule where they don't conflict with the others, especially if, I don't know, you're maybe hockey and you're not going to get the viewership that baseball and basketball might get potentially. (laughs) I think hockey's used to that by now. (laughs) Oh, nobody's watching. Oh, go figure. I think they were probably a little upset. They probably thought for a little while they were going to have, you know, the sports landscape themselves because for a while, you know, we had multiple shows here where we were talking like baseball would probably not play because they couldn't reach an agreement. The NBA was always talking about playing, but they never really put out anything specific until the last week or two. Hockey was the first sport to really get, you know, everything moving, and they probably thought for a little while, oh, this is going to be all us, this is going to be great. And then the other guys show up, and they're like, ah, we'll just hang out on NBC Sports. So I, I left this off the notes because I wanted it to be a surprise question. Oh, boy. Please explain to me why. Basketball is coming back, and they're not changing any of the rules the way their sport is played. Hockey is coming back. They're playing the sport <laughs> the way it was invented. Why does baseball have to change the rules when they're coming back? That's what I don't understand. Well, because don't they have a labor uh, labor uh, thing coming up here pretty soon? After the conclusion of next season. Okay. So as you know, they've already kind of been discussing some rule changes, the playoffs, to extra innings. If you remember, we were talking about this, uh, what, last year? Having extra innings start maybe the 10th or whatever, having a guy on second base, adding playoff teams, uh, figuring out ways to shorten games. As you, Because here's what baseball, I think, is basically doing. You know, the DH for the entire organ, the entire league. I think what they're, they're looking at this as not only a way to get a season in and crown a World Series champion, but a way to see if these ideas actually can work and be valuable to the sport. And I don't think they're having those same issues in the other sports. They're not looking to change how the NBA has played, NHL, anything like that. So I think what you're seeing in baseball is the fact that they do have a labor, you know, situation coming up after next year. All those ideas we would always talk about on the radio prior to this, it looks like this is almost they're using this season as sort of a test run. So do I think they need to be changing all these rules? Not really, no. Do I think it's a good idea so when you go to the table in a year to see if they work? Because now, at least with these ideas they've been kicking around for the last couple of years, you're going to actually see whether or not they're valuable. So to me, it's baseball, Mark. You know, <laughs> you should be answering this question more than me. And, and you know they what? can't leave I, things I, alone. You know that they just—they have to touch things. It's just 
if they, if something's perfect, they're like, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna adjust it right. It's like, no, get your damn hands off it. But you know how they are. And I, I know they they tested the runner at second base to begin extra innings in minor leagues last year, and I agree with using that rule this year because you don't want to play a, you know a 20 inning game if you can avoid it, and the majority of the games are over after 12 innings with even with that runner at second base. So that is good for this year. I hope that that rule does not get you know permanently put into place, but I think, and I think you're absolutely right, this universal DH, where they're using the DH in both leagues, I think that is here to stay, and it's not going anywhere. No, I, I don't either, and, and honestly, I don't know about the extra innings rule, but I think some maybe other little rules they're doing. Uh, how many playoff teams are they bringing? Did they, do you know that? Did they finalize that yet? I don't know if that has been officially finalized. If it has, I have not read it. Okay, because normally how many go? Five per league? Well, have... There's more wild card teams this year, so isn't there more? That's what I was going to ask. Were they adding more wild card teams? Because normally you would have, what, your... How many divisions are there? Three or four? Three. Three. So you got your three division winners, two wild cards, so that's normally five. I, w- mm-hmm. I think they were adding another one. Were they trying to get six or seven now? Yeah, they were talking about adding some teams. I mean, the normal number is ten across the board. Uh, but we'll have to see. I think they were talking about maybe going to 12. Per league? You would add a couple more teams. Is that per league or just uh, overall? Um, I would. It would almost have to be per league to keep it even. Or, you know, so so they instead wanted, of having five, wanted, you'd have seven, so you'd have to be at 14 then. Okay. Unless you well, gave I, a team a first-round buy for winning, you know, have, I don't know how they would do that, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know what, Mark? They probably don't know either, so don't feel bad. And, I, I, mean, I, I, would, I think you put another wild card team because... The divisions are going to be different for this year, too. What was that? I'm sorry? The divisions are going to be different for this year, too. All of the Central, American, and National is going to be one division. All of the uh, of the East and all of the West, are, it looks like they're all going to be in one division because you're going to play 40 games against your divisional opponent, and you're going to play 20 games games against your geographical divisional opponent like the uh, the Indians will play the National League Central and so on throughout the country so you're not having as much travel well I think we spoke was this last week when we talked about this where you and I went into baseball traditionalist mode and we didn't really like interleague play anyway but I do think if you were going to do something like that only play in your central team because you know you rem- I'm sure you actually remember too when baseball was just the NL and AL, and the you know the two top teams in each league played to go to the World Series or whatever it was. So that's almost kind of what it reminds me of. You're in this big block of teams, almost maybe how hockey does it with their divisions, where you know they got what 10, 11 team divisions, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I actually think that'll be neat. Um, I have no problem with that because I understand you got to do as less travel as possible. And especially if you're going to be playing in each other's part, uh, ballparks, I do think it makes sense to keep everybody regional or at least in the same geographical area so you don't have the Yankees, you know, taking a trip to L.A. So I, I actually, if they're not going to just use the regular divisions, which obviously they can't, this idea I'm pretty intrigued by. Yeah, it, it, some of these things are going to be interesting to see how it all plays out for this entire season. And, and then, like we have with other sports, and I'll be honest with you, I expected more NBA players to announce they weren't going to be playing this year. Uh, we're up to the number, I believe, of three Major League Baseball players that have officially announced that they won't be participating. Two from the Nationals, uh, and Ryan Zimmerman, uh, and Joe Ross, and... Uh, Actually, we're up to four now. 
uh, if you include Ian Desmond from the Rockies uh, in this uh, group, and uh, there's one other pitcher that has also announced he wouldn't be participating. So you're up to like four players so far that aren't going to be heading uh, to their respective clubs here in the next few days. Yeah, there's a couple players in the NBA I know. Was it Avery Bradley from the Lakers who said he wasn't going to play? Is that why JR's there? Yep. And then um, DeAndre Jordan is not going to play, even though he probably could by then. But, you know, but this is just going to happen. You can't make these guys during a pandemic play. But I do expect, yeah, you're going to have some names that don't want to play, and that's fine. That's their, they're, they're totally free to do that. But I think for the most part, people want to play. You know, they're competitive. They know in actuality uh, a COVID case for them is not what it would be if you were, you know, in a nursing home or something. So I think for the most part you're going to see guys wanting to play. Competitive spirit kicks in at a certain point when, I mean, it would be hard. I mean, I know certain people have individual reasons that it's in their best interest to not play, but for some guys it would be tough to just watch your teammates play on TV if you had you know, no other specific medical reason to not be participating. Yeah, other than maybe you're just looking at it like, and honestly, like, I thought for a while a lot of baseball players were just like, ah, I don't want to play this year. You know, you could you could easily do that. You could just say, you know, I got uh, I live with my grandma. She's high risk. So, who knows? It's up to the individual. Like you said, like I was saying, I think the competitive spirit kicks in. I think these guys want to get back to work. So, especially the star players. I, I mean, really, baseball, a couple guys, you know, big names. But... In the NBA, I, I think you're not going to see any of the real big names back out. And then actually yesterday, two coaches were told by their major league club that it was in their best interest and they would not be on the coaching staff for this year. Twins coaches Bob McClure and Bill Evers were told that they would not be on the coaching staff this year. Uh, one is 68, one is 66, and the, the organization is worried about their health, so they will not be on the coaching staff for this upcoming shortened season. Huh. Were the coaches okay with that, or they just, it is what it is? It, it seems like it kind of is what it is, that they were looking out for their best interest. And, I mean, you look at the NBA, for example, and I've only got about another minute and a half here, but uh, there's a lot of older coaches that coach in the NBA as well, so we'll have to see how that plays out. Well, yeah, and I know they were one of the um, names specifically that came up was Mike D'Antoni, because he's the oldest coach in the league. And he all but said, I don't care, I'm coaching. So, I, you know, right. I'm sure he'll wear a mask and everything, but, I, you know, it, it's going to be fun. But at least something's going to happen. So we should, we should be happy. I think next time we do this, we should talk about, like, our actual team. Mill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. You're listening to WRDB, Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting, Youngstown, Orange, Salem, and around the world. Oh, 
Time to put a wraps on By All Means here on Western Reserve Radio. Thank you for tuning in to episode 14, brought to you by our friends at Mill Creek Golf Course. Fourth of July weekend tee times are going fast. Book yours now online at millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or call them at 330-740-7122. Big thank you to Ryan Alessio for joining us for today's show as we kind of just looked at the three sports that are working their way back here over the next month or so, MLB, NHL, NBA, and what their plans are and what the future may hold for all of those sports. So we appreciate Ryan joining us for that conversation. Next week's show here on By All Means on Western Reserve Radio, it is our monthly conversation with Brian Tonar, Director of Golf at Mill Creek Metro Parks. He'll join the show in segment number two next week to talk about everything going on on Mill Creek, a little bit about the PGA Tour and how everything is going with golf uh, during a pandemic out at Mill Creek. And they are going above and beyond and make it the safest place possible for everyone to play some golf. And especially this weekend. But if you're trying to play during this 4th of July weekend, make sure to go to MillCreekMetroParks.org slash golf to reserve your tee times. Tee times are only limited for this 4th of July weekend. So make sure to book that in advance by going to MillCreekMetroParks.org slash golf. That is going to do it for today's edition of By All Means. For my co-host Ryan Alessio, producer Dave Ferris, my name is Mark Means, and you've been listening to By All Means, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course, right here on Western Reserve Radio.